Well, as I'm sure you're aware, we are in the midst of 40 days. This season of intentionally digging deeper in our relationship with God. And as we've been seeing, this is actually a two-way thing. It's pretty incredible. We get to speak to God and he speaks to us. It's like he's constantly speaking to us in a whole multitude of different ways. If only we would stop and pause and take the time to listen. And so to that end, I thought it would be a great idea to interview Ginny Bergen from City Church Sheffield and find out what she believes God is saying at the moment. Just to explain, Ginny is a great friend of the church who over the years has shared prophetic words with us at key moments in our history. Words that have encouraged us, challenged us, changed the whole course of the direction we're going in, or have simply given us greater confidence to lay hold of God and the things we already were believing for. Now initially, the plan was for this to be a five minute interview, but as you will see, it turned into something way more substantial. And so instead of listening to me bringing the next instalment in our 40 days sermon series, we instead decided to give the rest of the morning over to Ginny. And as you listen to what she shares, I want to urge you to be open for God to speak to you. Now, at the point where we join the conversation, I've just asked Ginny, Ginny, what do you believe God is saying to the wider church at this point in history? I feel that God's been saying lots of things, but they're all around a theme. Um, and it, it's interesting that you say, you're doing these 40 days of prayer and the 40 days, the different times in the Bible where 40 days is referred to are always key times in the history of God's people. And for me, this pandemic time is a key time, key time in the history for the world, those that aren't part of the church and a key time for God's people. Um, and, and I've been feeling throughout him sort of giving me bits of this and bits of that to share. But I think that the main thrust of it is that um, in it all, I mean, we, we can sink, we can feel, oh, I can't cope with any more of this and I'm, I'm locked away and I can't this and I can't that. We can sink onto that. Or we can look to him and be hearing him and be praying around the things that he's saying in this time. And I think right at the beginning, I felt that some of the stuff I'd been seeing prophetically years ago, uh, you know, sometimes when you see things in the prophetic, even when you speak out about them, um, it, can, it can seem to me to be going to happen next week or next year, but in practice, it can be years before that thing unfolds. And, and that's all often the case with me and things I felt years ago being unfolding this year. And what I felt that, that um, God was homing in on was the, the growing difference between those who don't know Christ and those who do know Christ. And the fact that those who do know Christ will become the hope carriers to those who don't, that there's a hope that needs passing on, a hope that we need to be exuding 
to those around us um, because many are without hope. And, uh, and then I kind of felt him showing me to develop this a bit further and he took me to the, the story in the book of Jeremiah. Um, I think it's chapter 38 where um, the people of God have been taken into captivity and they've been over, overrun and all their possessions have been taken and their land's been taken. And so um, some people were trying to sell their bits of land, you know, before it was just robbed from them. And Jeremiah, in that backdrop, actually buys a field. And you might, you might think to yourself, why is he buying a field? Why is he buying a field when everybody wanting to offload and get out? And when you read it and when you read the history of uh, the people of Israel, it was, part, it was about their inheritance and the fact that their land always stood for something that would always be theirs and passed down through the generations. So when Jeremiah bought this field, it was like he was saying, I've got a right to this field. It's part of my inheritance from my um, close relatives. I am going to buy this as a sign that I believe God's going to restore this land to us. That so in a, in a sense, it represented a belief in the promises of God at a time when it seemed there was no way that these promises would come about. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know that that's not explaining the story very well, but it was as if Jeremiah is saying, look, I'm doing this as a prophetic action. We will have our inheritance. We will have the things that God has promised. And as a sign in front of everybody, I'm going to sign and seal the deeds for this field. So what's that saying for us? Um, you know, the church's meetings have been shut down and so on. And it's been difficult to, to gather. Well, we haven't been able to gather properly, have we? We've not been able to have that sense of the community of the spirit where we sense the spirit moving amongst us. That's been a very difficult thing to be able to um, process, to be able to experience through Zoom. But does that mean it's gone, finished forever? No, it doesn't. <laughs> there is something that God is saying here about believing him for all that is promised. And I think for the wider church, there are obviously those promises that God has given to all of us as Christians about uh, using us as those who will be filled with the spirit who will go out and preach the gospel will heal the sick and who will see the blind seeing and the lame walking and so on these are promises that we have how much do we really believe them at a time when it seems like well it's even it's tough to even have a conversation with the next door neighbor how is that going to happen well we know that God has said it, therefore it will be. Um, but in more recent weeks, he's been taking me into the book of Joshua. And this account that starts in the early chapters of Joshua of the people have now arrived at the edge of the Jordan. They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And so they've experienced all sorts in the wilderness but 
they're now at this edge of Jordan and they've been camped there for a while, but then God comes and speaks to Joshua and said, in three days time, you're going over Jordan. Tell the people to be ready. And he tells Joshua a number of things, beginning with be strong and courageous. And I really feel as if God's saying, be strong and courageous to all of us, because we are going into something. We are going over into something. And it's not a literal uh, sea, of course, but it is about having faith to move into the promises, the same thing. So um, Joshua tells the people to prepare. He gives them a prepare time. And maybe this is what your 40 days is about. You know, he says, consecrate yourselves. In other words, make yourself ready, get your hearts right before God, because we are going into all that's been promised. And don't forget, these people have wandered around for 40 years, just seeing the dust of the desert. And prior to that, um, they'd been making bricks without straw as slaves and so on. So generations of people only knew what the promises were because they'd been told from the previous generation. So they had no experience of the promises of God. We've had the experience of the pouring out of the Spirit. We've experienced the baptism of the Spirit. We've experienced that sense of God moving amongst us, gifting this one and that one. We've had some experience of all that's being promised. They hadn't, but now they've been told, you're going in. Do you know what, Jonathan, I just feel God saying, we're going in. So many of me and many others have been praying for revival. We've been praying for a move of God in our nation. Um, we can call it revival, but personally, for me, revival begins with the church. That's what it means, you know, reviving us. But the spilling out of that to the non-Christian, we've been praying for that for years, and I just get excited because I feel there's something coming. Is that what it's going to be? 100% I don't know. But I feel that there's got to be something different about God's people. And when Joshua said, consecrate yourself, get ready, he said, you've got three days. Now, we've not got literally three days. But they were living in this in-between sort of funny time where they're leaving the wilderness behind but they've not yet gone into the promised land so they could kind of just sit there and feel like well we're in limbo and a number of people have said to me during these last few months I feel like I'm in a limbo just waiting for something but I feel like God's saying no don't stay in that place but be pre proactive about where we are proactive in praying it, that we will move into the things that God's promised us and that means those wider things but it also means the things that God has promised to each of our churches that are specific to our churches so the things that God has promised um, to church central what are they what are those promises because you know are we going to be going into them 
We want to see the fulfillment of these. For me at City Church, what are the promises that we've held as City Church to see that, be proactive about praying that when we come out of this, we're going in to the promise. Um, and then you, you read the story and Joshua and, and the people, they go across the Jordan and, and, and they all get safely across. And then what happens? He sends some of them back. <laughs> There's this funny little bit where he sends some of them back to get stones out the middle of the... That must have been a bit scary. You know, I've just got to the other side and now he's sending me back to get some stones and make a memorial at the other side. Um, so that when people say, what does this mean? You can say, this is about what God's done, basically. But if you read it, it's at that point when they've got the stones and they've all moved off, that the water's closed and there's no going back. So for me, this time, while we're still in the whole fantasy world of Zoom and so on, <laughs> is a preparation time for what we're going into. And there will be no going back. We won't go back to how we were. So I don't think we should talk about getting back to normal or getting back to the things we all did. Because I think there's a, a way in which God is going to give us something new. Now, that doesn't mean every last thing will change, but I think there'll be things that we realise, actually, we should do it this way. Or we should look like that. Um, am I okay for the time? I'm <laughs> yeah, please um, keep going. So, if he... Um, he gets across, and you know as well as I, that the first thing that happens at the other side of Jordan is that they're all circumcised. Now I'll leave you at some point to explain that more fully to everyone. Thank you, Ginny. But it effectively means that um, the people of God um, in that era, it was a way of separating them out. It was a way of showing that they were part of this special people. They were set apart for God. So they were different. And because they'd not been looking any different for generations, they had to start right back and say, no, we are a different people. We are a set apart people. And so Jonathan, I just think God is, is challenging us that we need to look different to how we did. Not kind of subtly absorbing the world's values and sort of just um, kind of allowing ourselves to be absorbed in things like, um, say, the whole stuff that the world has around us in our nation and in the Western nations about celebrity and how we like to see uh, people up there, don't we? we? We like to see our favourite pop singers, we like to see our favourite actors and we've actually subtly imbibed that into the church. We have special people that we look to. We have, um, you know, the worship leader and how well he can perform. Or we have, dare I say, the prophets, look how well they can perform. Or maybe we've got our favourite preachers and so on. I just think that that's something that has to go. 
that we value one another and the gifting that God's put in each one of us. The sense of individualism that's been around in the world and still is. I think, you know, this whole pandemic has been teaching people in the world that you can't live independent of everyone else. You do need other people. And a lot of people have realised that for themselves, haven't they, during this time. But we as a church should be that visual um, visual message to the world of what it means to live in community, what it means to be part of a living community. And so I think in many, many ways that we could spend a long time going into, we have to look different we have to be seen as those who are set apart for God. When the people were in the wilderness, their battles were about their attitudes. Their battles were about, you know, not worshipping idols, in, in the main, anyway. By the time they're moving into the promised land, they're supposed to have got those lessons. We've learnt those lessons. Because now the battles are about taking hold of the promises and being prepared to look different, being prepared to stand out as a separated people. And so, Jonathan, that's what I think the main thing is happening in a nutshell, in terms of what God is saying to us as a people of God at the minute. Because I think then we will be seen to be those who are carrying hope. It, it will come about that we will be the ones bringing about hope and because we look different, we're set apart for him, it will be more noticeable, but it's those people who carry hope. Um, so I, I just think your 40 days is tied into the fact that this is a key time in history. I think this is a key time in history for the whole world, to be honest. So it feels like we have an opportunity in front of us, but actually the stakes are really high. Um, and there's an opportunity to learn some lessons ourselves and get right internally, because when we come through this, the opportunities in the States are gonna be even higher for us to stand out and be different. Um, we, we need to resolve some things now in private that we will believe the promises of God, will be courageous in laying hold of them uh, yes, in prayer, on our knees in private, but also out in the world when we're allowed out into the world. Mm. And I think my, my hunch is that people are, are going to be pretty desperate for quite some time. And it is our opportunity to really model something mm. different, mm. both in our holy living, but also in community together, yeah. where we've been fractured from one another or forced apart from one another. It's so important we, we dig into relationship, community together, mm. uh, the, the body that we're called to be, so that together we can model something mm. uh, to the world. It's a time to go in, I think is what I'm hearing from you, mm. that those promises that you've been clinging on to for many years, mm. they feel closer now, yeah. <laughs> um, mm. although they felt close all those years ago, but it feels like we are right on the brink and we don't want to throw it away now or get caught up with other things yeah. or distracted or go back to Egypt. We, we want to press into mm. the promises that God has for us. Yeah.
Yeah. Would you pray for us? I, I will, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Father, I, I thank you that I thank you that you are leading us. I thank you, Father, that even in times when we've not been able to physically meet, you've given us ways of meeting. But Father, as we consider all the things you've promised to us as your people, we don't want to be like those first spies when they were first on the edge of the wilderness and Moses sent them in and they they just came back with reports of unbelief saying all oh, these grasshoppers we'll be just grasshoppers in their sight the the enemy's too big they're like giants we don't want to be like that father we want to be like the spies that joshua sent in that said yes we can do this yes we can go in because father we don't want to miss this opportunity to press in for all that you've promised and so father i pray for Church Central as they have these 40 days together. And I pray, Father, that you will uh, encourage them, that you will strengthen them, that you will uh, cause them to feel that sense of you saying to them, be bold and courageous. That, Father, you will give them insights, you will give them dreams, you will give them visions, you will give them a sense of what you're saying uh, for those um times when they can meet together in community father i pray that you will give the people in church central a sense of a sort of collated sense of where you are wanting them to head because father you don't just speak to one person you speak into all of our hearts and you'll bring confirmation and i pray for lots of that to happen over these 40 days i thank you father that you're building your church you're building your church right across the world, right across our nation, right across Sheffield and right across Birmingham. And Father, I pray that you will uh, cause us to be able to see um, the coming about of those things that you've promised to us as churches. Father, those things that you have promised to all of us as your people. Father, that we will be able to freely preach the gospel and father will not be ashamed to preach the gospel but we will uh, speak your name we will be able to feel we can pray for the sick father that we can trust you that you will open up ways where we cannot see a way and so father i pray now will you bring a peace to people and an excitement that comes from you and the fact that you are leading them into bigger things into a wider sphere in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.